You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. We are now in week three, and we are thriving. We are seeing a ton of great players getting called up to the big leagues and making waves with their debuts, and just a lot of movers and shakers going on down at the minor league level. You guys know everybody that's going on the screen here, or most of them at least. You got Michael Richards, and you got Vinny, a.k.a. down on the farm. And we've got our first special guest of the season, the first of many guests that you'll be seeing this baseball season on the call-up. But first, I got to ask, Michael, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, guys. Like you said, our first guest here. You know, this is probably my favorite part of this whole baseball experience is getting a chance to sit down and see the people that I've, you know, kind of known on Twitter our guest here today is one of those guys that I've known through Twitter since I got started with this. And, you know, this is the first time I'm getting a chance to actually meet him. Very excited to hear his thoughts. I know he's uh, really deep into the dynasty stuff and he's going to be a, a great first guest for us here. Vinny, how about you, my man? Everything good over there in Chicago? Doing good. Been busy. Look, I've uh, been watching some college baseball. Saw some first round picks this weekend. Uh, tomorrow I get to see Dylan Head, the top, you know, baseball prospect in Illinois. So getting ready with all the draft coverage with the draft about two months away. So, you know, just watching baseball live. And we know, uh, I believe you were the one that brought up Andrew Abbott last week on the show. Or that was Mike. Okay. So Mike, you brought up Andrew Abbott on the show last week. And it's funny because I saw him uh, kind of making waves of Twitter over the last week after we recorded the show. I feel like you were kind of the first one that really brought him to the light of the public Twitter eye. Uh, just with your call last week. So I, I'm not saying necessarily they saw that, but I feel like you were the first person I saw that brought his name up. So uh, I'm not sure about that, but I will say this. I did mention on the show that I think he, he'll probably make his get called up to AAA before we do our next show. So I was pretty happy about that. You guys have been both on fire, and we are looking to keep the fire going, if you will, with our guest this week. You can find him on Twitter at Ken in Toronto. He is a lead prospect analyst for the Dynasty Guru. He's a father of three, and he's an account golfer and a cook. There's a lot of interesting things in his profile outside of fantasy baseball that I would love to talk to him about. But, of course, a great Dynasty mind in itself. It is Ken Balderson. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. Um, just uh, taking it day-to-day, trying to watch as much baseball as I can this in the early in the season and uh, enjoying that. Um, you know, you put all so, all so much uh, uh, emphasis on on the draft prep and – once the games start going, it's really nice to see and just relax and watch them. Yeah, for sure. It's nice to be able to uh, have baseball season in full swing here and be able to watch all these guys play. I do have to ask you right before we start, what do you normally shoot in golf? In golf? Uh, on a good day, I'll, uh, I'll break 100. Oh, you know what? So then we're, we're kind of similar there. That's, that's kind of how I am too. Um, awesome. Yeah, so it's a fun sport as well as obviously baseball, which is the point of this podcast that you guys are listening or watching today. And we are in week three. So we are talking about a whole new crop of players this week. 
And as you know, we start out with our players of the week. And Ken, we're going to kick it off to you or go to you first here with the first player you want to mention, and that's Heston Kierstead of the Baltimore Orioles. Actually saw him play uh, at the AFL, and he was one of the the better players that came out there. It was popping home runs left and right, especially in the home run derby. Right now, he's at a 255 average and 64 plate appearances, but he does does have those five bombs, three steals to boot, and the K rate very manageable, under 20 percent K rate. Uh, what are you have you been seeing from him in terms of his development and what he could be contributing to the Baltimore Orioles, hopefully sooner rather than later? Well, this is a player that I was really, really high on coming out of the draft. Uh, I think a lot of people were surprised where he went. Uh, There's obviously signing concerns, uh, lower signing demands to get that second overall pick. But uh, after missing so much time with COVID, uh, I think he basically fell out of mind for people. Uh, and also with not a really great reason. I mean, he had a, a, a medical concern, but it wasn't baseball related. It's not like he had Tommy John or a dramatic knee injury. And, um so it was really nice to see him get back on the field last year, but he actually struggled a bit in, in high A and then uh, caught fire in the offseason. And I was really, really impressed that they, the Orioles kind of put him back in, into put him into double A this year because they could have very easily put him into high A. Um, and then he's, he's really produced already. I mean, maybe he would have been a better player of the week in the first week because he, he, he was better in the first week of the season than the second. But He's got, you know, like you said, five home runs and only uh, 55 at bats. Uh, the 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 strikeout rate is manageable for a power hitter. The walk rate is 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 uh, impressive, especially for his first taste at, at high A and not a lot of professional experience so far. Um, what I like about him is, and his profile is his ability to put the the, the bat on the ball when the when when there's a strike thrown. Uh, that means that. If he can develop some solid pitch recognition, I think these these kind of uh, this plate discipline is very sustainable. Uh, maybe a twenty up twenty to twenty five percent strikeout rate, and hopefully a walk rate around ten percent as well. I also really like his all fields power. Um, obviously, we're promote, projecting him to to go into Baltimore, and they've moved the field back uh, the wall back in left field dramatically last year uh, as a left handed hitter. He can still drive the ball out of right field very easily and using his all field approach, probably hopefully get a lot of long doubles uh, into the left field area. And uh, he has enough power to hit the ball over the wall in left field in another park as well. Um, so this is a player, I think with Baltimore putting him in double a have kind of said, okay, impress us. Uh, he could maybe force their hand to see a call up this year, late in the year. Uh, he's probably not the first one called up. He'd be behind Colton Kowser and all that. But they, they've kind of given him a spot to show what he can do. And so far he's done that. Uh, he's He may not be up exactly this year. I, I, I hope he is, but at the very least he's, he, he should be uh, tagged for a 2024 debut early. Yeah. And he, Heston Kirstead does play uh, for the Baltimore Orioles, who are in a big youth movement in terms of just young contributors that are making ways for this ball club. We talked about Adley Rutschman, Colton Kowser. Obviously, you have Jackson Holiday, who I think was just recently promoted to uh, to high A, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he'll be a part of that as well. Uh, there's a lot of great young players for this team, and they're on the rise. And Heston here's that hopes to be a big part of that. And like you said, Ken, maybe expect more in 2024 
in terms of production for your fantasy team and um, just to be able to watch him in the big leagues. Next player we'll talk about is Jorbit Vivas, Vivas, sorry, Jordan, uh, who's an infielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And in 19 plate appearances over the last week, he did have a 474 average with three home runs on the season, hitting just under 400 with four home runs and three steals. And he got 274 WRC plus Vinny. This is a Dodgers prospect that I think, unless you are deep into prospects, you probably haven't heard of. I know I have not really heard of him and you hear Dodgers prospects all the time. So what kind of thing can we, ex or what kind of future can we expect from Mr. Vivas here? And uh, in terms of what could be a ceiling, uh, well, when will he kind of be on the radar in terms of when we should keep an eye on him here? Yeah, if you've been following me for a while, you know how much I like Vivas. Uh, I would argue that he's right up there with best hit tool in the Dodgers organization. Like, he just can get on base. Like, he just barrels up baseballs. He doesn't have a lot of power. But this three home runs and 19 plate appearances has really got my eyes, like, wide open. Because if he starts showing out for power this year, there, you could easily see him jump AAA and go help the Dodgers right now first injury. They just called up Michael Bush. I would say he's just as good as a hitter as Michael Bush, younger and just mm -hmm. as, as advanced. But every single level he's been at, he's just excelled at absolutely barreling up baseballs and just getting on base. Um, another concern that I really have for him is that sometimes he does get very aggressive, especially behind in counts, but he has tamed it a little bit. He was very, very jumpy at the Arizona Fall League last year. But he still, for being 21 at the Arizona Fall League and showing out with a decent average and a decent, you know, on base percentage, he's a name that I would definitely right now start stashing in both Dynasty and Redraft. Because, like I said, if the power starts showing out, I the Dodgers love him. He's, you know, one of their highlighted recent international signees. Like, he could easily, an injury, be playing second base for the Dodgers, you know, next week, if it, if it comes to that. But Is yeah, that, are you uh, making that call right now? I, I will, I will go on. He will. I'm pretty sure we will see him this year at some point in LA if, you know, mm -hmm. just how the injuries keep on piling up there. But yes, I do believe either he will be up later this year or he will definitely break camp next year unless they sign a big international free agent. I don't know if it's just the injuries as much as everybody got busy over last all-star break and now everybody's having kids right now. I think they have like six or seven guys on the paternity list. Yeah, they uh they had some they had some fun last year, but now like I said, if you want a sneaky sneaky stash right now for both dynasty, I, well he might be too hot for dynasty, he's probably already way uh, uh, rostered. But if you want a sneaky pickup in redraft, I would go pick up Jorbit Vivas. It's interesting because you you said you think he's better than Michael Bush in the long run. I'd he's just as advanced of, of a hitter as him. So, yeah, like I said, if he starts showing out, if he's really this power is legit, then yes, I would say he's better than Michael Bush. It's interesting because obviously it's not the end-all be-all, but the MLB uh, top prospects rate him as the 18th best prospect in the system. Obviously, Michael Bush is up there. He's number three. So Vinny, Vinny's putting himself out there with that call, and I like it because he's always very bold with it. So 
keep an eye on Mr. Vibas and see what he does, especially probably, again, maybe the chance he gets to prove something at the major leagues this year. Now, Mike, heading over to you, Matt McClain of the Cincinnati Reds. Shocker, another great infield prospect for this Reds team. He's in AAA right now, so now I'm definitely looking at his page and interested potentially what he could do uh, for my fantasy team this year at the big league level. 89 plate appearances. He's got an over 300 average. Six home runs, 18 RBIs, and six steals. Very manageable K rate at just about 22.5%, and a 324 ISO. Uh, also walking at an unbelievable 18% clip right now. The Reds have to be looking at this kid, I'm sure, uh, if there was an injury or something that happened with that team. Yeah, absolutely. I did want to highlight him early because he because of all the stuff you said. Those are those are all great numbers. He's off to an amazing start. I should say, first of all, last year he got off to a similarly hot start in double A, and then he kind of tailed off. He he still showed the same sort of skill set, but there's holes in his game and it shows in his scouting grades. They say he has a below average hit tool and average power with plus speed, which is a downgrade from where he was at when he was drafted. So I'm seeing the signs now that he's kind of developing back into the player we thought he might be when he was drafted. And I was pretty high on him. He's not a big guy again. I keep talking about these smaller guys, it seems every week, but I think he's going to move to second base. So I don't think he's at risk of having Ellie De La Cruz or, Nuelve Marte get in his way. Uh, I definitely believe in his speed. And it's all, it's basically like with every player. How do I word this? He has two holes in his game right now. It's his hit tool and how much power he's going to get into. I'm seeing big signs of that power. He's gotten over 300 ISO at the highest level in the minor leagues. He's still only 23. He's not a super big guy. I don't think this is a huge power guy, but I think he's showing us the signs that there is some power there that he's going to reach his potential in that. And really, it comes down to, for me, the biggest thing with him is how much he swings and misses. He doesn't chase too much, uh, but he needs to swing at more pitches in the zone. Mm-hmm. Reducing his K rate is the key for him. Uh, he, basically, he per- currently profiles as like a three true outcome type guy with speed, but his stock would rise quite a bit if he morphs back into the player we kind of saw in the draft with some added power. So, I just wanted to highlight him early because like you said, he is close. The Reds don't have a lot of talent on that team. You know, I see him as an upgrade over s- several of the players that are playing for them right now. So uh, if you, if you can get your hands on him, I would, I would suggest it again. I, I want to point out, I don't think this guy's complete player and I don't think he's got huge upside, but he does have fantasy appeal and I'm seeing the signs of him piecing it together. Yeah. And if it's anything like how the hot streak you've been on recently, I'm sure his name's going to be thrown around in the the bigger MLB only podcasts. You know, once there's an injury, he's going to be the hot name people are looking at for fab for those types of leagues. Uh, so it's very interesting to see him now. And like you mentioned, the fact that he has those three true outcomes, you know, that he, he is can hit home runs, does have the speed, uh, but, you know, the strikeouts could be there, too. So interesting name to keep an eye on in Matt McClain. And again, if you're in type some type of fab league. Maybe if you're lacking some infield help or you need you need a shortstop, there has been a ton of shortstop injuries this year. Maybe he's someone you put on your watch list just uh, before everybody else catches up to who he is and what he can contribute. So, again, that is Matt McLean. The next player here, Ken, is Ty Madden, the right-handed pitcher in the, the Tigers organization. Pitching right now at AA, 23 years of age. He's gone nine innings so far this season with 18 strikeouts, a one ERA, and a 148 XFIP, 
50% K rate is the number that stands out at me. He's just mowing hitters down, obviously. Now, Ken, I do want you to talk about the player in Ty Madden, but I'm also curious your thoughts. The Tigers have seemed like they've had problems developing pitching with all the prospects they've had over the last few years. Does that kind of give you a little bit of caution when looking at Ty Madden long-term? Um, I, I do take the organization into account uh, heavily, and I have for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your point about the pitching prospects that they've gone through uh, is, is, is a good one, but they've also had uh, a string of injuries with Scruble. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he seemed to be piecing it together. And I do think that um, uh, who was the guy that took number one? His name's just escaping me right now, but uh, Mize. He, Mize, yeah, he, he, he seemed to be a little bit overrated, at least in my opinion, when he was coming up because he was the number one overall pick. Um, but he he does seem to be kind of settling in. He was seen to be settling in as a, a good innings eater, a guy a guy who could um, who could be a good number two or three. And if you get that out of your number one pick, I think in in Major League Baseball you should be fairly happy. Um, he just he just was the expectations for him were a little bit too high. I think mm-hmm. uh, Matt Manning too. Um, you know, there's still some hope for him. Uh, but uh, you're right. They, they haven't been able to produce as many good players as probably they hoped. Um, that being said, uh, I don't think they've recently had a change in front office, but uh, they probably will at some point soon. And that'll, that should help some of these guys um, get better coaching, better development. Um, and even if they don't, um, Ty Madden is, is pitching really well. He caught my eye out of the draft um, because he has such a big fastball. And he was really labeled flat at the time. Uh, people were saying, yeah, it's fast, but it's, it's just going straight at the hitter and mm-hmm. uh, there's no movement involved. So the Tigers lowered his arm slot and uh, he, he was able to maintain his velocity, maybe lost just a tick. So it sits in the mid nineties now, but it still touches 99. Um, his big pitch though is a, is a, is a high spin slider that he gets tons of swing and miss on. And you can see that here. Um, we'll hope that that can may, be maintained through double A, triple A, and into the majors. Just as even though it is such a high spin elite pitch, uh, he'll need the fastball command to make it work because hitters and advanced minors will will not just see a, a great slider and swing at it anyway. Um, but uh, I, th- I think that the way that they've developed his fastball is going to help them play off each one each other really well. Like I said, the results are there. Uh, He's got a 33% K minus walk rate right now uh, on top of this 50% strikeout rate. He also has a 50% ground ball rate, uh, 16.2% swinging strike rate. Um, and last year he was very successful too. So this guy is a little bit off the map right now, but even, even last year in double a, he had a four to one K to walk rate. And uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but the, the ERA was in and around three. So this is, this is a, a guy that, in my leagues hasn't been owned, um, but he's really producing. And I think besides the organization, one thing to kind of keep an eye on is he's got three games started and only nine innings pitched. Mm -hmm. He did have one game where he was only, he only pitched an inning and he had walked three guys. I guess they decided to pull him, but um, you know, you want to make sure that these guys are able to keep these strikeout rates up into the five and six uh, innings 
per start or into the 21, 23, 25 uh, batters face kind of area so that they, they can actually be beneficial to their teams. Uh, it's very difficult to tell though, because it does seem to be that uh, a lot of, a lot of pitchers in the double A and, and high A are being limited in their pitches in their innings mm-hmm. pitched. Maybe it's just early in the season. It's cold, but uh, it is kind of uniform and, and, and makes it a little bit difficult to, to, to read these numbers uh, and extrapolate them over a, what would be a, a full big lead start. Yeah. So is it fair to say that if he were to even, let's say, get a chance to sniff the major leagues this year, that he would probably be someone to come out of the bullpen and probably pitch a couple innings. If, if you were looking at uh, in 2023, what, what could probably be his best case scenario? Um, well, they are the Tigers and there's not a lot blocking them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I wouldn't want to say that, but they, they would be probably, uh, mindful to, to, to take it easy on him, especially with their history Mm -hmm. with, uh, with Mize and and Scooble and and a number of other players, uh, Manning had been hurt for a while too. So they, they probably would be wise. Um, that being said, if, if he hits a groove, if any player really hits a groove, you don't want to hold them back and the Tigers really have nothing uh, to stop them from, from letting him uh, get to the big leagues and, and start a few games later in the year. That's fair enough. Ty Madden of the Detroit Tigers is someone interesting to keep an eye on, but going from a bad organization in terms of what they're doing at the major league level to one of the better ones, we're heading back to the Dodgers, Vinny, and we're double dipping with two Dodger prospects as we got Nick Frasso of the Los Angeles Dodgers, a righty, Five innings so far this year, 180 ERA. Or I'm sorry, uh, five innings over the last week. On the season, though, 18 innings, a 150 ERA, a one whip, which is great for a starting pitcher. Uh, obviously, keeping the base runners down to about one per inning. 26 strikeouts over those 18 innings, only three walks. Uh, so I, he's somebody that's very interesting here. Uh, is he somebody that you think could make an impact in the major leagues this year? And what about him specifically do you like? Yeah, Frasso, if uh, if you need a little refresher, he was a big hype arm coming out of the 2020 draft. Uh, he got Tommy John right before the draft, fell to the fourth round. So he's always been touted as a you know wait-and-see product, and now we're starting to really see what he can do. Uh, I compare him, I would call him the uh, – the dollar store Tyler Glass now. Uh, he's a, if you watch mm-hmm. him, his follow through, his windup is dead on just with Tyler Glass now, always plagued by the injury bug. He's, you know, pitched under 100 innings in the past, you know, two and a half years. But uh, his fastball slider changeup combo is unreal. And we're really starting to see it this year. Um, Another thing I would like to uh, another thing to watch about him is that we have Bobby Miller has not yet pitched yet. He's still either a recovering from an injury or an extended spring training. Uh, he's taking off right now. He could easily be this year's uh, Gavin Stone. Mm-hmm. And I would say you know he's one or two starts away from probably being bumped to AAA. It's not out of the picture that we see him at some point in LA this year too. Like if we're looking at his stats so far this year. You're looking at 26 Ks in 18 innings with a 224 average against batters and a one whip. Like, yeah. if it comes down to they need a spot start, him and Gavin Stone are first up. And Interesting. you can relatively get him cheap, right? Like, I guarantee you he's on the waiver wires in redraft. 
a dynasty, maybe, maybe a savvy player has him stashed on, you know, his minor league system. But if you want a, you know, little cheat start, you know, player that could potentially turn into a, you know, a season long investment, I would go get Nick Frasso. All the signs are pointing up for him. I like the, the three-pitch mix. He attacks batters very well. He locates his slider very good. His cha- his changeup is absolutely nasty, just devastating. And I would argue that he has one of the best fastballs in baseball. Like uh, The injuries have really dampered his hypeness, but I, I've i become enamored with Nick Frasso this year. I will tell you what, buddy. One of the things I like about this show is for those that have listened for a long time, I'm – I, I think I'm better than the average just fantasy baseball person in terms of prospects, but I, I am nowhere near a prospect mind like the th- other three on this show. And I learn a lot just from talking with these guys each and every week. And he's going to be somebody that in some of my fab leagues, if I have a bench spot, I'm kind of toying around with that I could stash. I might look at him this week to be able to put a dollar on in fab, because if I wait another few weeks, he could be somebody that's going for, you know, uh, Tanner Bybee money right? Or like Mason Miller money where you're spending a 30 year budget and you could get him right now for like a dollar uh, or in dynasty. If you're not playing with savvy players, he could be out there because no one knows who he is. So th- this is, I like when you guys bring up names and, and really are passionate about certain players because it allows people that aren't necessarily as deep into the prospect community to really uh, try to hone in on them early and get advantage in their fantasy league. So again, testament to how great work that you guys do. So I will be keeping an eye on Nick Frazzo, that is for sure. As well as potentially this next player here, because Oakland needs starters at the big league level here, Mike. Uh, Roy Bear Salinas of the Oakland Athletics, he's also in double-A. Got 24 strikeouts in just over 13 innings, a 270 ERA. And again, a, a very low walk rate, which is very nice to see here. Talk to me about Mr. Salinas. Yeah, again, like the last player I mentioned with McLean, he – Caught, got on my radar last season right off the bat. He was pitching for Atlanta and his strikeouts were just like uh, catching everyone's eye, like right in the beginning of the season. And similar to McLean, he kind of fell off. The The thing with him is pretty simple. He's got a monster fastball, 70 grade fastball. He has a plus curveball, average changeup, and his command is listed at 35 grade command. So that's really the issue here. Every year throughout his career, Looking at his stats here, he's had like an over five walks per nine. So he's just a, been really bad. But this season so far, and it's really it's a really small sample size. So I just I want to throw that out there. But he's down to one point three five walks per nine. So if there's some improvement happening here, this is his first time in Double A as well. He's only twenty two years old. So you know it's hard for me to say if I believe in this because because like like you guys were saying, he's not going full. He's pitched 13 innings, four starts. So he's not going super deep, but he's, he's dominant and he's limiting only two walks this season. So I just wanted to bring him up because like you mentioned, he, he came over from Atlanta. Oakland doesn't have any talent right now. They're not being shy about pushing their players. I don't think this guy is going to be a big part of fantasy this year. I I do need to see more from him as far as his command goes, but this guy has could be a dominant closer if he's not able to figure that out down the road. I mean, I think that's definitely in the cards at the very least. But the early signs here are, are, are great. You know, if if Oakland can get some, it's it's kind of like similar to Mason Miller, just a little bit younger, not as far along. 
but just a really, really high upside arm that would be highly coveted if he proved that his command wasn't an issue anymore. And like I said, I'm still skeptical because his track record shows it probably is, but he's shown significant improvements in the small sample size. That's very exciting to hear and somebody to keep on your radar again, Roy Bear Salinas. Uh, let's now transition to our next part of the show, which is the notable promotions, players that got the call over the last week since we were last on here, highlighted by Tanner Bybee of the Cleveland Guardians, who actually just pitched a gem today in his first start at the big league level against the Rockies. I think he pitched like six innings, eight Ks today. So he looked really good, as well as Logan Allen did for the Guardians in his first start, also had a ton of strikeouts and looked really good. Michael Bush for the Dodgers, that one might be a little bit more short-term with all the paternity list players right now. Chase Silseth just got the call today for the Angels. You got to think he's a favorite to be able to start every fifth or sixth day for that team with the struggles of Jose Suarez. And Brenton Doyle of the Colorado Rockies had looked good so far in his limited action uh, for that team. Uh, but yeah, like Tanner Bybee, as you can see on the graphic that Mike made, definitely the one I think most people are interested in. Uh, I know he has excellent control. So I, I heard some people say he's kind of like in that Shane Bieber type of mold, limits walks, has some good strikeout stuff. So he'll be someone very interesting to keep an eye on. I know he's somebody at uh, in leagues that are redraft. People are going to be spending a lot of fab on come this Sunday. Let's now talk about the prospect watch players that might be down lower in the minor leagues that we're keeping our eye on here. And Ken, let's go to you first. Henry Bolte of the Oakland athletics in uh, a ball right now, 19 years of age. There's not a ton of stats on this guy, but he's somebody that you like very much. Yeah, I do. And um, I, I wasn't really worried about him not having a lot of stats because so low in the minor leagues. And of course mm -hmm. their season starts a little bit later. None of them really have, a substantial sample, but this guy caught my eye uh, in the draft season last year, and then he didn't really seem to pick up any momentum through through the off season and, and our dynasty supplemental drafts. But he's very athletic, very toolsy. Um, he has easy plus power, raw power. Uh, maybe he can even grow into double plus raw power. Uh, he has at least plus speed and a strong arm, an excellent defender. Uh, he. As, as which happens with a lot of high school uh, kids, athletic kids, he does need to work on his plate discipline and his, uh, his, his hit tool. So he swings and misses a lot, even in the zone, and he needs a lot better pitch recognition. Um, the thing is, I, I do like his swing, and I like that his load is so simple. The A's, he has a, a leg kick that he uses a bit, and the, late, the A's have started uh, trying to reduce that and just have him use his athletic ability uh, and, and his weight movement, his, uh, he has some powerful legs, powerful hips, even at 19, uh, I project him to, to grow quite a bit. So this is a, a player, uh, with really high potential. His, his, his swing, when he swings, it's lightning quick. Like this is almost heavy by, by as that speed. Uh, and his swing is not loopy at all. It's very direct to the ball. So he'll need to work on his, his pitch recognition but he does have a hit tool that has the ability to make contact. Um, and he has powered all fields already. Um, he's, he's, he hits balls over the fence in, to right field. Uh, he, had, he can obviously hit balls over the fence to left field. That's, I mentioned that with Hurst as well. It's, it's something that I look for, somebody who's gonna use the whole field. 
I do know, I believe in putting the ball in the air to the pool side, but when you get to the majors to be successful, I do think you also need to be able to defend yourself against advanced pitching and being able to hit to all fields is, is a way that people can do that. So I do think that there's a scenario where he, his hit tool does become at least average and uh, it'll take time for that to happen. Like this isn't uh, somebody that I would expect to be a top 50 project prospect by the end of the year. Uh, there's going to be some, some, some learning along the way, but uh, if you're, if you're going to look for a player who probably isn't owned in your league and has really immense upside, uh, this is it. And, and last year, people were taking Benny Montgomery early in the first round of supplemental drafts. This is a, this is a similar profile to that, uh, but I think he has a better chance of developing uh, at least an adequate hit tool. Uh, the last thing that I will add to him, and I, I know I just said that he'll 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 take some time to develop, but he's in the he's in the Cal League, which is a a big time hitting environment. So if he does make progress, you'll see it right away. It's not something that'll be hidden by hitting in a bat in a, in a great pitcher's park or something. If, if he's making offensive adjustments, you'll see it right away. All right. I'm excited to, to watch this kid develop Henry Bolte of the Oakland athletics. Let's move on down to our next player here. And Daniel Vasquez of the Kansas city Royals, an organization that I don't think it gets mentioned as much as others on this show. So it's interesting to see, or nice to see some love for some players down in their minor league system High A ball for him, 20 years of age, 298 average. He's also got a 377 OBP and 675 slug. Five steals on the year, Vinny. Um, talk to me about the kid. Tell me what you like about him. Yeah. Daniel Vasquez, he was one of the big names coming out in the international uh, 2021 class. Had a very horrible 2021 DSL and then followed it up with an even worse 2022 at low A. So he's repeating low A at 19 years old. Uh, coming into this season, I watched a lot of Daniel Vasquez last year. Um, he easily grew, I would say, four or five inches and put on 20, 25 pounds. He looks like a completely different human being. Uh you know, went in after seeing that I was very skeptical. And then as the year, as this year kept on going, he's just excelled, just immensely improved his ability to just hit the ball. Like his contact skills are 10 times they were last year. Uh, my only concern with him right now is that we have literally not seen an extra base hit yet, but he does have 17 hits. Like if the power starts coming with this kid, his value is going to go through the roof because if you look at the frame and the projectability of him, you, you could easily see him having, you know, plus power at, you know, the next level if it comes. And if you, and look at the Kansas city Royals and how they've been developing infielder prospects the past couple of years, like he's in a very good situation to sit back and excel at his craft. And like I said, like the night and day change I've seen from him over the span of a season has me very, very intrigued on if he can even, you know, improve more as the year goes on. That will be exciting to watch. Again, that's Daniel Vasquez of the Kansas City Royals. Let's move on here. Let's get to our last guy in the prospect watch section, Edgar Cuero of the Los Angeles Angels, a catcher who I feel like the Angels could very much use right now. <laughs> as their top two catchers are currently injured. 
He's in double A, 20 years of age. He's got a 372 average with 10 RBIs, a very manageable 19.6% K rate, and a very funky picture if you're watching on YouTube. Mike, tell us about Edgar Cuero and what's special about him. Yeah, usually I don't like to bring up catchers, especially when they're not, you know, hitting for power necessarily or stealing bases or something. But this kid's kind of caught my eye early. The Angels, as we know, are an aggressive organization, and they decided to move him from low A last year and skip over high A and start him in double A. And so, like I've mentioned on the show and other times, I like to filter players by their age versus level. And, you know, when I look at 20-year-olds and younger in double A, the list isn't very long, and the list of players who are actually being productive at that age right now is even shorter. He's basically behind Evan Carter, who I talked about, I think, last week or the week before, and, and I was glowing about him. So as far as a fantasy perspective, catcher's very deep right now with prospects. I don't think this is a guy that people are going to run out and like tear each other apart to, to go, to go pick up necessarily mm-hmm. because I do think there's other people out there, other young play- catchers that the managers in your league like more, but it's going to get to the point if he continues to produce where it's just, it's too much to overlook because he's been productive throughout his entire career in the minor leagues too. So, you know, he had 17 home runs and 12 steals last year. I don't think, I don't think uh, speed is a big part of his game necessarily, but, uh, you know, 17% walk rate last year as, as a teenager in full season ball, you know, and then, like I said, he's jumped up to double A and he's been productive. He's got more walks than strikeouts so far. The power is not necessarily there, but a 192 WRC plus from a 20 year old catcher in a, an organization that's aggressive. This just seemed like a good guy to bring up as the player to watch, you know, because you're right. The Angels are hurting. I don't think he's going to leapfrog Ohapi on the depth chart. But this, this is a guy I should point out, too. This is a guy that I think the Angels see him as capable of playing first base. So he could mm-hmm. be fast-tracked as a first baseman. And we've seen it. The Chase Othis got called up recently. The last couple of years, the Angels are probably the most aggressive team in, in mm-hmm. the league with this sort of stuff. So just get this guy on your radar. If you have room on your teams, I think he's worth stashing because – this isn't a guy in the lower levels anymore. He's he's one step away from the majors, it, you know, essentially. Zach Neto, too, to your point. A quick yep. thing to add on this one. Cuero I, is literally on the cusp of having that kind of Andy Rodriguez hype. Mm. If we're talking about a, a uh, young kid that has performed, you know, every step of the minors and w- looking like going forward has potential to play other positions and get fast-tracked, Edgar Cuero just absolutely checks the boxes. Like right now he's like one of the top five guys I'm trying to go get in dynasty because I guarantee you, if he gets promoted before July, or if he starts getting run at another position, he's going to be unobtainable. Oh man. All right. Keep that. Keep Edgar Cuero on your radar. Ladies and gentlemen, got the whole crew here hyping him up. So if he's somehow available right now in your dynasty league, then make sure you pick him up and, if you're in a redraft league, keep that name on your radar potentially down the road here. Our last section, who's next? Who could be that next player for the call-up? Ken, you think it's Elvin Rodriguez of the Tampa Bay Rays right now in AAA, uh, almost about a K per nine right now with the 23 innings and 22 Ks, a 151 ERA or 157 ERA. The 0.7 whip is fantastic. Uh, tell us, Elvin Rod, tell, tell us for those that don't know who Elvin Rodriguez is, what you like about him, and then again, 
the Rays seem like they, they just know what they're doing with pitching. So that has to excite you. It does. And I, I kind of had to look into his background a little bit too, to be honest with you. Obviously the stats caught my eye, but uh, he was a, a bit of a prospect back in 2018 with the Tigers, basically because of the volume of, of innings he was throwing, but uh, uh, he wasn't a big time prospect. And I, I, I actually tried, I don't know if you noticed the theme, uh, all the guys that I've tried to highlight today have been all kind of under the radar guys, but mm-hmm. uh the Tigers DFA'd him and the Rays said, uh, we'll take him. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, they, they, like you said, they, they waved their magic wand and he's putting up a 157 ERA. Uh, be, behind the numbers, though, he's, he's got a 17% K minus walk percentage. Uh, for AAA, that's ninth in the league so far for tw- kids 25 years of age or younger and at least 20, 50 batters faced. So that's actually quite high at the highest level of the minors. Um, he has a 14% swinging strike rate. Uh, scouting wise, his fastball has ticked up a bit and it used to be in the low nineties, but now it sits in the mid nineties. Uh, it's got really good movement and he spots it on either side of the plate really well. Um, and he gets a lot of fly balls off of that. So he's, he's sitting at a 50% fly ball rate. And I like this. Uh, I look at this often is only a 13% line drive rate and a line drive is of course, Closest thing that you'll see in a, uh, in a batted ball to a barrel without calling it a barrel, uh, as opposed to a fly ball or a ground ball. Um, he also offers like a, a, a league average curve and a league average change. Uh, the change has really good fade, and he's got control of both of those pitches as well. Um, but control has always been his, his carrying tool, and he's also got these pitches that really – suggests that he's always should have been better than his minor league stats suggested up until this point. And I think the, the, the change in organization is just key. I don't know if they, if they just give him better pitch, pitch selection, better location, uh, if they've tweaked his delivery a little bit. So there's some deception, but they've unlocked kind of the profile of, of Elvin Rodriguez. That's probably always been there. Um, and he may not ever be an ace, uh, but this is a guy that, like I said, is right on the cusp of the big leagues. He's He's got a lot of momentum right now. And uh, as, as good as the Rays are developing pitchers, they've got a lot of guys on the 15 and 60-day IL right now. So there is there is room there. They they do have uh, – they're probably one, one injury away from starting to look at this guy. That's interesting. I, I definitely will be someone that I'll keep on my radar. Again, the team he plays for, what he's doing right now, it's uh, definitely someone you guys all that are watching should check and just put on your watch list as well. That's Elvin Rodriguez of the Tampa Bay Rays. Our next player, Colt Keith of the Detroit Tigers. There's a lot of Tigers and a lot of Dodgers on this episode and, and a lot of o- Oakland A's. So um, these organizations have a lot of players that are exciting in their minor league systems. He's right now in double A, got very nice numbers, a 339 average, 408 OBP, 548 slug, three homers and five stolen bases. The 22.5% K rate, not too bad. Um, So Vinny, this is the guy that you are staking your name to for this week, making the double A jump to the majors, you think? Yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, after watching a lot of footage of Cole Keith, he reminds me a lot of Brett Beatty. Like, if you're talking about a power average, you know, corner infielder that 
potentially is underrated with the glove. Uh, speed's a little bit, you know, he's probably average runner. Uh, but if we're talking just uh, sheer approach, the, uh, approach at the plate and just absolutely mashing baseballs, like him and Brett Beatty, I don't think are that far off. Uh, another prospect from the loaded 2020 COVID draft, that, that draft class, give it two more years, and we're going to look back at that as probably one of the greatest drafts of the past 25 years. But like I said, Colt Keith, that, that, that bat you can't keep in the minors much longer. I don't think he'll stay in double-A much longer. He is absolutely on a tear. Uh, he's really advanced for the level, too, like for being a – 21 year old at double a he's just seeing the ball different right now you can just you know watching him he just has that feel of you know he's just momentum's better than everyone else on the field he kind of has like that it factor that you know people love to talk about like i can see it with him like he just feels like a special player like it kind of like how uh spencer torkelson and like riley green were mm-hmm. like just the hopes of you know detroit I think we're right there with Colt Keith is going to be like the next big thing in Detroit. You know, a few injuries happen. You know, I don't think it's out of the picture that they call him up for, you know, a few at bats or something like the hit tool is very advanced. Um, But also it is a stretch. Like they could, you know, they're not competing this year. They could just, you know, let them, you know, succeed at triple a, but, He's definitely a guy I would like to watch. Like, I think he's still pretty hyped in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, I would not mind going, you know, shooting off or try to get him. Uh, but, you know, if you want to, it doesn't hurt to hold him and, you know, redraft to see if something does happen. Like, it's all situational with him. But like I said, Dynasty, I he would be one of the targets for me. I think if he does something really good at the big leagues, we got to call him Cool Keith. Because I think I see Cole Keith and it's just, that's for some reason, that's a nickname that pops in my head for him, but he very much seems like an exciting player. And um, if he gets the call of any, then you're going to be living up to your nickname on YouTube. Now it's a time traveler. Time traveler. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if, he, if he does it, I think we might have to agree with that listener on that. Cause um, you definitely have been calling some of these pretty well. Yeah. The last guy here, I think almost every single person is familiar with this man, Brandon fat of the, Arizona Diamondbacks. He's the person that we are literally sitting on the couch with like our hands on the cushions, just waiting, just we're waiting to see him get the call. The Diamondbacks have just been playing with our emotions. He's doing the thing in AAA, which, you know, for Reno, which is definitely one of the harder places to pitch. He's still putting up really good numbers, 354 ERA. He's ready. Uh, It's just a question of when the Diamondbacks are going to call him up. Mike, I'm guessing you have him here because you think by our next episode, he will finally be on the major league roster. Yeah. Like you said, this guy is no secret to people. He's been a hot name for a while now. And I don't think I've ever actually had a chance to talk about him on the show, but like you said, last year, he kind of came on the radar for everyone because of his complete dominance of the PCL, which is one of the hardest uh, pitchers leagues. I mean, he was clearly the best pitcher in that league. And just looking back at his underlying metrics and like, you know, like uh, you mentioned before, the K minus walk sort of stuff. This guy's always been a stand out there. He has impeccable control. I think his command is actually underrated. But uh, this is one of the few prospects in the minor leagues who has four above average pitches, two plus pitches with with command. You know, like you said, I think everyone's aware of him in leagues that he's not uh 
rostered right now. He's going to be the, one of the biggest uh, purchases on Fab this year. I think people are going to unload money when he get, comes up. And I was actually kind of worried because I have I'm kind of bad with timing the stuff. You know, you you mentioned to me about 30 minutes before the show that Chase Silseth got the call. That's mm. what I was expecting to happen with uh, Brandon Fott. So I think it could happen anytime. Dre Jameson just got sent down. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm not really happy about, obviously, because he's on a couple of my teams. But uh, I, I just think it's basically uh, they've already decided this and, and it's just when it's going to occur. I think he could be very effective immediately, potentially be their second best pitcher behind Zach Gallen in redraft this year. So very high on this kid, just like everyone else, and uh, very excited to see him make his debut. I think he's going to be someone that people are kind of watching start to start and getting excited about. Again, you guys have been really good with – kind of hitting home runs with uh, the pick so far this year. So I'm no doubt by next show, I'm sure he, he'll, if he's not, I'll be kind of shocked, but I think he's, he's right there. Um, but that's going to wrap us up for this week. Ken, thank you so much for guesting on it and being a part of the call this week. Please plug where the audience can find you on Twitter and where they can find all your great work. Uh well, on Twitter, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. I love talking baseball. So that was great uh, on Twitter uh, at Ken in Toronto. And uh, I'm at the Dynasty Guru. Uh, we're, we spend a lot of time on our Discord now. There, uh, I don't I don't go on Twitter too much, but I love talking baseball on our on our Discord and and just posting some articles on the site. So that's a lot of fun for us. Make sure you check out Ken, and I believe you're Ken in Toronto on Twitter, right? Just for then for people if they want to connect with you. Yes, Ken in, at Ken in Toronto. And where can they find your Discord? Because I know you said that you were, you guys are active in there. Where can they find that? Uh, well, go to the Dynasty Guru, and uh, and there's there's ways to sign up for it there. I think we're up over 200 members now, and it's it's active. We've got about 25 channels, and I'd say about seven or eight of them are are just all day, every day. Perfect. That's awesome. Make sure you check out Dynasty Guru and Ken on Twitter. Uh, Vinny and Mike, you guys, again, every single week, bring it. So thank you for all of your contributions. Make sure you're following all of them on Twitter. Mike is at MP Richards, 1981. Vinny is at down on the farm eight. And again, Ken is at Ken in Toronto, but for Vinny, for Mike, for Ken, I'm David. We'll catch you guys next week on the call.